Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Western Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meister, and with me is my co-host, Cobalt. We've just wrapped up our LCS rundown. If you missed those episodes, go back. It's a two-part series. We talked a little bit about some of the major changes coming to the LCS in the first one, things like the commissioner change, the, the uh, I guess, format change with the two teams leaving Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses in the first episode. Second episode, we ran down the back half of the rosters that we didn't cover in that first episode, and now we're going to be diving into the LEC But for all you Cobalt fans out there, this is going to be his show, his episode or episodes, depending on how long this one runs. You might do two episodes. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to shut up. Cobalt, take it away. Oh, you know, when it comes to the LEC, when it comes to Europe, this is my my court. I I love it here. And yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. So the first thing that we need to cover, of course, as with what we did with the LCS, is we'll do a quick rundown of kind of the structure of the league and, and the, the changes. So obviously not as big as on the LCS side, not too, as too much going on here, to be honest with you, but so you're in the loop. Uh, first of all, we're getting a remodel to the entire LEC studio. Um, from what I've heard, it, it should be a seat, in, seat increase and, and things like that but I'm not really sure to what extent that'll look like. And I'm hoping it's going to be on the bigger side because not only will we probably still have the three splits, but we've also now learned that since Worlds will be in Europe, both the play-in stage and controversially the Swiss stage will be in whatever this new place looks like. So depending on what that seating arrangement looks like, it might be a little rough to, to get that same kind of atmosphere going. Yeah, I heard it's going to be not a huge upgrade. I heard maybe like it went up from like 170 to maybe 200-ish. So not a big upgrade in seats, but I, I guess it's something. Because I, I saw on Twitter that there was a bunch of like K-Corp stands in the the like announcement that they put out, like that the LEC is going to be starting up this week. They were like adding the LEC page saying like, why haven't you responded to this account saying like we want to bring in a bunch of K-Corp fans that would completely flood the stadium. So it's really silly. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, since K-Corp has joined the league, I've seen them in anything to do with remotely European League of Legends. Like, those people are on a tear. I don't know where all these fans came from, but they're somewhere. Yeah, they were trolling, like, Sheep Esports was doing, like, uh, polls on Twitter for, like, saying, like, how you would rate players. They had, like, like god-tier player, basically good player, struggling player, and the K-Corp fans are just, like, trolling all of the, all of the poll options, yeah, basically. B-tier everyone except K-Corp. Yeah, especially for the EU teams, yeah. I don't know if they've, if they've been messing with the LCS ones that they just started, but all the, the LEC ones are messed up. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, so there's that. And then in terms of the format itself, there's two very, or relatively small changes that they made. So number one is we used to have what was called the group stage so that was more known as the BO3s and then the playoff stage which is more known as the BO5. So those two are now being merged together into just one playoff stage. So we'll have the best of ones, the round robin, single round robin as we're used to and then we'll have the playoffs as all of this kind of put together. So number one that's kind of for clarity's sake. Obviously it'll be a little easier to follow when it's just one bracket altogether. But also where they wanted to add a bit of matchup fixing, I guess, in a sense, where if there are two teams that play together in the first round of the lower bracket, they won't be able to play each other again if they were to meet in the later half of the lower bracket. So that kind of helps it vary up in terms of the matchups. 
and keeps it a little more fresh and exciting to follow. So positive change, I think, there. And then the other half is that they're rebalancing the championship point system. So I know a lot of people, just because of how hectic 2023 was, they were kind of complaining about how uh, Heretics, especially, was a team that had a rough early start to the year and then suddenly popped off in summer and very, very nearly made it to the the season finals. But unfortunately, they lost that BO5 to Fnatic and that disqualified them from the rest of the year. So they've kind of adjusted things to make winter... Winter actually stays the same, but then spring will be worth a little bit more and summer will be worth even more. So it kind of helps weight things a little better and make it more... It'll feel better, hopefully, in terms of who makes it to that season finals bracket and who doesn't. And then in terms of world seeding as well, um, because of the way that Worlds and MSI as well have seen a bit of change, MSI itself won't have any changes to the seeding or anything like that. We'll still have the winners of the winter and the spring split qualify. If it's the same, then it'll be championship points for the next team. And then for Worlds, the um, winner of summer will auto-qualify for Worlds as at minimum the fourth seed. And then the summer second and third teams will also auto-qualify to season finals, allowing them to hopefully reach uh, or at least have a chance at reaching Worlds, regardless of how the rest of the year goes. So again, things that are being added in to, to make it feel better and overall make it hopefully a more enjoyable experience for everyone involved. Yeah, I'm excited to to see like those little tweaks and stuff, you know, championship points, especially when they were like the the main way that teams were seeded into worlds and stuff for LCS and LEC were pretty unpopular. So I, I didn't really pay attention to LEC a ton last year, so I don't really know uh, exactly how well the championship points were received. I know you made the, the remarks about heretics not quite being able to, to get in there because of the summer not being weighted uh, heavily enough for them to sneak in there at the back end after they finally found their their form and turned it on so that should like you said i think be definitely an appropriate change to let those teams who are playing the best in the summer you know as they maybe they figure it out over the course of the season which i think could definitely be the case for one of these teams you might you might know which team I'm thinking of, depending on, on what your views are, but there definitely could be at least one team for sure, maybe even a couple teams that as they scale up towards the end of the season as players, you know, either get used to the LEC stage, get used to being back on the LEC stage, continue to, you know, mesh as a team just in general, that extra bit of points being added on could make a difference. So I'm excited to see that one uh, for sure. And then as far as the rest of the stuff, I think it all, like you said, seems like pretty good quality of life uh, changes seems like the hype is there other than the k-corp fans trying to ruin it for the rest of us so i'm excited <laughs> i mean k-corp fans will be k-corp fans they they are a different breed so it'll be interesting to see how all this changes the the main thing for me is that it shows the the commissioner and and everyone involved in the the organization of this league is paying attention and whether these changes end up beneficial or not i'm sure they'll make further adjustments as needed also, quick LCS tangent, speaking of commissioner, shout out to Travis Gafford and Mark Z on Twitter. The LCS, uh, or the Lolly Sports website, still didn't have up the schedule for the LCS yet as of like a day or two ago. I don't know if it's up there yet or not, but Mark ended up responding to it on Twitter saying, this is actually my fault as the commissioner because they were running like some last second checks on the schedule and how they wanted it to look, I guess, and stuff like that. So we still don't officially have the LCS schedule up on there, but Mark already took took the blame from it, so he's fitting right in for the LCS commissioner role. 
Nice. We love to see it. All right. So without further ado, we're going to jump into, again, the meat of the situation. We love to talk about these teams. We love to talk about roster changes. And where better place to start, we're going to have a bit of a weird system going on here, but we're going to start with Vitality as the team that ended off last year rock bottom, ended summer split, 10th place, and to everyone's complete shock, was unable to qualify for season finals. So now they've they've done a lot with this roster. Um, they're the only change, or sorry, the only stable piece of the roster rather is Photon in the top lane. But then they've brought in Daglas, who had that very very brief stint for the last week of summer with Vitality. They're going to put him as the permanent jungler now, and then they're bringing in Vito in the mid lane, Karzi in the bot lane, and Hillasang as Karzi's support. So that former Mad Lions pairing will be sticking together this year. Now, the first thing I see when I look at this team, because of course you can have quality of players, but you also need the team to function as a unit. So we've seen things like NRG in the past, not too long ago. The players themselves might not be super exciting, but the the whole package put together obviously was a lot better than what they would have seemed. And I just don't think that Vitality is going to benefit from that. And I'll use VTO as kind of the central point of the reason I see this. So if we look at his history, he's a, a very high potential player. We've seen him hyper carry games. He's a, a big resource uh, sponge, and he, he uses that to relatively good effect if that's how the team chooses to operate. But that kind of requires that A, the jungler will be willing to babysit him, if for lack of a better term, and, and kind of get him ahead, and then a team willing to, of course, as well support him and allow him to pop off the way he has in the past. So on Misfits, as I mentioned, he had four teammates that essentially funneled him every game. That was very much the ideal scenario for him as a player. But then when he went to Excel, this was a very much different environment. Xerxes in the jungle seemed kind of lost. He wasn't really feeding into that VTO uh, power scaling. And then, of course, it also didn't help that the team decided to focus on Patrick as their primary carry. So VTO just didn't seem all that set up for success there. Then when he saw, we saw him move to Heretics in the latter half of last year, Flacid, his AD carry, was a relatively low-resource player, and Yankos was his jungler, who's arguably the best jungler in EU history. He invested a lot in VTO's success, and we again saw him kind of rise to not quite his former glory, but a lot closer at the very least. And I just don't think that this kind of dynamic is going to exist for him in Vitality. So... Starting off in the bot lane here, we have Karzi and Hilly. Yes, very good players. Do not discount that fact. But I've mentioned this last year in the power rankings and all that. They're very inconsistent risk takers. They want attention. They want resources. And it, it's unknown how they're going to perform. Similar story with Photon. He had a very good half of 20, first half of 2023 where he, he had resources and was able to use that to the team's benefit. But when Upset joined, he started to kind of take the back seat and then, in my opinion, began competing with Evie for the worst top laner in the league. So very much two different dynamics there. And then the final nail in the coffin is that Daglas, say what you will about him as a player, he is a rookie. He's not really going to be able to do what Yankos did by feeding into uh, VTO's strengths, at least not right off the bat. There's going to be a bit of growing pains there, so... 
kind of in summary here, I, I just don't think that the the team has that sort of dynamic that will feed into his success. And by extension, I'm not necessarily sure that with a uh, jungle mid synergy that kind of snowballs the early game in most cases, if you're missing that, then I don't know how the rest of the team will be able to succeed. So kind of iffy overall on where this team will end up. Yeah, I think that the... I, I agree with your stuff on VTO. I think the one main thing that I, I would want to contest a bit is Karzy specifically. Now, I'll, I'll give the fair warning to the listeners that, you know, as we've kind of talked about this dynamic before, I'm more the LCS guy, the NA guy. Blue is more of the, the LEC watcher. Um, so, you know, you can probably take his uh, opinions and thoughts and stuff with a little bit more seriousness than mine, as I did not get to watch a lot of LEC last year just due to stuff going on with me personally. But as I was going through, like, looking at just, you know, again, simple stuff, looking at some, you know, KDA lists on, like, their match histories and box scores and watching a couple of games back when I could here and there just to get, like, a little bit of a refresher. And obviously knowing for Mad Lions specifically how much they were hated by EU fans altogether last year. Um, I, I do think Karzy was pretty consistently good he's he, there were some stinkers in there i just was looking through his match history there definitely were a couple of stinkers that popped up here or there but i feel like for the most part i think karzy has gotten a lot more consistent and his his level of play is generally speaking on that above average to really good end like being a top three AD carry in the league i think hilliasang is still more so on that threshold of you know, needing to balance the the int and the bad decisions to him being a good player, because um, we all know that's been the story of Hillisang for a while now, and and Karzy too. I just think Karzy maybe has gotten a little bit better at that, um, but we'll see how they do on on a new team. I am very excited that they were able to stick together because that that dynamic does you know will 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 follow them onto Vitality. But I think that the big thing is going to be again what comes down with Daglas. I think that for Photon, I, I was a little bit surprised that they brought him back too, but I, I'm not really going to count Daglas in this stat, although he did play with them at the end of last season, but for Photon really being the only guy that they brought back from the roster, that basically means like either one of two things in my opinion, either that no other team wanted him and they just couldn't get rid of him and they didn't want to drop his contract and he's actually not that good and he's just kind of stuck there for now. Or they either saw something in him, or at the very least, they didn't really think he was a real problem with last year's roster. And again, limited watching for me, so it sounded like from what Blue was saying, he was definitely dropping off towards that back end of summer, but also I think all of Vitality was. So, you know, how much of him is really good or bad, I think this could be a, a good year for that, uh, especially if I do think that Karzy can keep playing consistently well. VTO is going to be also interesting, mainly so for, again, we've seen him be really good on Misfits, we've seen him be really bad on XL, and then he found it again with Heretics last year, and I do think that that was a great point, talking about the situation that he was in, if he really does need to be played for, one, this might not be a great spot for him because Karzy and Hillisang are probably going to be the, the main threats together, and two, having a basically rookie jungler uh, in Daglas. Is he really going to be able to kind of step up and, and be willing to, to really combine with Vicio and make him be a powerful player in the course of the game? Again, especially depending on how resource-dependent you're going to need to be with Karzi. Um, I do think that 
there might be some opportunity for Daglas to get together with Hilly. As we know, Hilly is a guy who does make plays around the map. He, he likes to, to get around and find well-timed roams. If they can team up and develop some good chemistry together, then I don't see why they couldn't support both Karzi and VTO. But when I'm looking at this team too, again, like I don't know if I'm quite as down at it on, on as Cobalt is just because of my, my opinion of Karzi, but this is kind of just looking like a middle tier roster and it is unfortunately i think due to that top side of the map i think you have a super strong ad carry a support who on his day is among the best uh in the region and a mid laner too who has shown he can be among the best in the region but we'll have to see if he can kind of mix into this this environment where he might not be able to be as resource dominant as he might like to be or need to be to perform up to that high level so i don't know exactly where i'm putting them i'm very excited for lec this year because i feel like there's a clear favorite and i think there's a clear runner-up to that favorite and then basically like every other team is just like good luck ranking us like you can't you can't figure it out and put us in a solid spot so i would say vitality is like in the middle of the table but i'm really excited for when we're gonna do the power rankings because i have no clue where like seven or eight of these lec teams are gonna go for me i fully agree with you on that for sure i think that it's going to be very close across the board i i fully agree with that sentiment but i will say that when you're ranking vitality i need you to be careful steve because Vitality is an org that consistently will put a good roster together on paper I know. and will consistently underperform. I, so I, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. I, I may not be a super big LEC watcher, but I, I know all the Vitality stuff, so I'm, I'm there. The, one th the thing, though, it, it, this is kind of why I'm laughing a little, is that Vitality as an org will knock the roster down probably about two places in terms of power rankings. But Vitality did make a huge W move by picking up Mac in the, the coaching position. That's a coach that, historically speaking, has taken pretty weak rosters and bumped them up to places. So depending on how you interpret that, maybe they will end up plateauing around the middle. But in any case, it's, it's kind of a bit of shenanigans going on, but Vitality will be a volatile roster to say the least i think we can agree on that yeah i mean i agree like the one thing i do like about vitality a lot and i was watching a bunch of like different content creators you know tier lists and stuff like that for lec to help me get like some some thoughts going as well i think it was i will dominate that said this that he was like when when he's looking at a team you want your best players to be in your carry positions naturally right like it's not like it's not a super big brain thing to come up with and, and, and notice as a real as a real talking point, but when you're looking at vitality, I really like Karzi a lot, and again we've I've talked about Avicio can be really good on his day. So in theory, this could be a team that does really well, but I think you really are kind of inhibited by having someone like Daglas, who at the very least is unproven, um, and at at best probably he's shown to be a below average jungler for the LEC, and when you're having that kind of weakness in such an important role like that, it will kind of mess with everything else like you're talking about, whether it's with team dynamics, maybe Vitality just naturally brings down these rosters a bit, having a good coach and maybe kind of balances it out. So like I said, I think for me, they're going to be somewhere in the middle, but it's LEC is going to be crazy this year for like most of those spots. So yeah. so next up on our roster, our docket here, is going to be none other than the aforementioned K Corp. Now, 
we're kind of going in again a weird order but since they've taken astralis's spot and they ended up ninth at the end of last year that's kind of why they we're going to talk about them here but despite what i've said about the fans and despite what the org might come with in terms of connotations the roster itself is one that i think i'm very much excited about and whether or not they perform as well as people are hoping for, I do have relatively high expectations for them. So in kind of where to start, I think, is where this team's strength is coming from. And I'm going to say that that's probably going to be upset number one in the AD carry position and bow in the jungle position. Since the two of them have, historically speaking, been very much high tempo high performance players that if they're given attention or perhaps they might not even need that attention they're going to be the guys you can rely on to win the game for you the sad thing is though that their latest appearances were on vitality who horrendously mismanaged them and were not able to utilize them to that potential that a lot of people myself included see so in both case they He's a guy that came into EU and started dominating the solo queue ladder, pretty much playing anything. He's a jungler at heart, but he's even been seen popping off in the mid lane, in the bot lane. This guy can seemingly play anything, and as long as he has the potential to carry with champions or team dynamics or whatever, he tends to do that. But Vitality decided to force him on Maokai duty for whatever reason, and naturally, that didn't go so well. He's not a tank player. You want him to carry. And then in Upset's case, he had Kaiser as a support who normally as an engage player was forced into enchanters since that was kind of the meta. And when uh, Upset's support isn't playing at his best and his jungler also has his hands tied behind his back, he wasn't able to kind of do what he normally does either. So in both cases there, these are players that have the potential, but we, we didn't see that from them in the past year. Now, I think that Targamus, as the support coming in for this roster, is going to be much better at supporting what Upset wants to do. He has a lot of creativity from what I've heard in terms of planning and, and drafting and strategizing, but then in game seems to perform the best when he's getting directions. He doesn't seem to talk a lot and kind of follows along with what his teammates want to do. He's very much supportive in that sense, and I think Upset will use this very well. Then in the top lane, you have Kebochard, who's interesting in that he does play weak side, but not in the sense that you normally see where they'd lock in tanks. He seems to pick bruisers like Renekton, Jax, Olaf, and regardless of whether he gets attention from his jungler, historically speaking, not so much, he tends to win the, the lane all by himself. So that's very much good for this dynamic when you have upset as the guy that wants resources. And then the big boon for this tying all this together, I think, is that they, again, have a very good coach similar to Vitality. They picked up Yamato Cannon, who has previously worked with upset in Fnatic. So I, I'm sure he'll know how to use him effectively. And I also think that he's going to be smart enough to utilize Bo a lot better than Vitality did. So in terms of, again, kind of putting all this together in a recipe, I think this team is very much set up for success, and I'm hoping to see great things. Yeah, I think that's similar to, maybe not quite on the same level of extreme as Vitality, I guess we'll see, but there is definitely going to be some 
boomer bust potential from this roster, most specifically with upset and Bo, I believe, you know, as well as just they happen to be the best players on the roster. But we saw the the roller coaster ride that was Bo last year on Vitality. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of that, even in the LCS2 and LEC, a lot of just up and down and the splits were, were really different sometimes with how individual players were performing and how that affected their teams as well. Bo, I think, is a great example of that, as you said, sometimes being more so forced onto tanks rather than his normal carry style and very aggressive style that you would see in solo queue. I wrote down that he finished um, the, the spring playoffs and the summer season with a KDA of 1.1 um, whereas in his spring season and group stage of last year, he had a 5.0 KDA. So like you can see just the kind of volatility that he really had um, with that team as they were kind of riding that, that roller coaster again that was Vitality. Um, so it's really going to come down to, is there going to be an enabling of Bo to play the aggressive carry style champions that he would definitely be more comfortable on playing? And I wrote that down too. Like last year, he had seven games of Vi, Sejuani, and Maokai. Vi is not, you know, a, a real tank, but two of his most three played ended up being Sejuani and Maokai duty. And then he did have six Wukong games, but I don't even really know if that's much as a champion that fits in his style. He seems like probably even more aggressive than like Vi and Wukong to, to his credit as well. So I'm very much going to be watching Bo. He's definitely going to be the player that you're going to be most interested in watching this team because of all the hype last year and how up and down it was. If there's going to be any semblance of good, consistent play from him this year, that will be the biggest benefit to K-Corp, in my opinion. Because while upset can be a little volatile, too, you generally know what you're going to get out of him. He's generally you know, pretty well regarded as a top 80 carry in Europe. I think you could probably just attribute last year's uh, performance in summer especially just to you know being on vitality and then in terms of everyone else i mean like i said before i believe last year when we talked about targamus on g2 um i liked targamus uh coming into play but i'm not going to act like at least i don't think that there's going to be like the real kind of like superstar real potential there for him to be as a support i think he has some good champions i think his senna is really good especially when he when he whips that out i think they played that a lot with flockid uh, on G2, I remember him having a, a pretty decent Senna. Um, Cabochard, I'm, I'm actually quite excited to see back because he had been in the EU LCS back when it was the EU LCS for a long time. He was with uh, uh, with Gambit Gaming, if you remember that roster from all those seasons ago, as well as he spent, uh, let me see, five seasons it was on Vitality from 2015 to 2020 before he ended up going to K Corp in 2021, and that's where he's been since. And I believe you said it too, again, definitely more of a weak side player, but not always tanks. He has 49 NAR games in his, uh, 49 Renekton games, excuse me, in his career, 33 NAR games, and then he has uh, Scion in there at 32, and then 27 games on Jace uh, for his career, and last year was mostly Renekton and Cassante. He had 30 games uh, between both of those champions, by far his most played uh, last year, so going to be interesting to see him back, and I was kind of like a light cabochard supporter back then but he was kind of up and down too um especially on some of the teams that he was on they weren't that good so k corp will definitely be a very fun roster to watch one way or another um i think either way that it's going to happen we're going to see the crazy reactions again from the fan base they're going to be completely insufferable either way if they're doing well it's going to be terrible and then if they're 
doing bad, then it's just going to be just as terrible. But the rest of EU will be laughing at them, at least, um, which we can all get a little bit of joy in that, I think. Um, but again, just like, I, I think it's still similar enough to Vitality, where I do think, like, you know, Karzian upset, they're not that far off of each other I, I don't think at least maybe i'm crazy for saying that i don't think so in terms of like just skill and being like a really good adc um so that's like your main carry spot vto versus Sakin. i think that's going to be really fun because i didn't realize or at least remember that Sakin was in lc eulcs before on vitality a few years ago before getting into k corp again kind of similar to cabochard and and Sakin was a super like interesting player to watch he led the lfl summer in kda with an 8.7 kda almost doubling the next highest mid laners kda at 4.7 he had the second least deaths in summer he was third in kda for the playoffs highest for mid laners so he's a super dominant player in the lfl they won amia masters i believe in in summer split i don't remember if they won in spring but they beat out movie star riders uh, in summer split three to two or i believe it was so he's been super dominant in the lfl for a few years now he's finally getting his shot and still with k corp which i think is very cool to to stay with that roster going into the lec but i'm gonna i'm just gonna have to hedge my bets again with this team and just kind of put them in the middle because they they just fall in with the rest of the league where it's like man like i like a couple of these pieces i'm not sure how a couple of these pieces are going to perform in terms of consistency and it's just like man like you kind of want to place them a little bit higher because again i do think that the talent is pretty comparable but consistency is going to be the name of the game for this team especially i think along with vitality fully agree with you there and the, the one thing i wanted to throw in because you mentioned that k corp as an org is going to be probably pretty insufferable with the fan base and the the rest of europe is going to have their fun with them for for better or for worse i i think that this team is going to be very much the tsm or former tsm of this new european league so yeah for sure for sure regardless of what happens i'm sure there will be plenty of memes and and the fans will be there'll be something <laughs> to say the least now moving right along we're going to move to what used to be rogue then became coy and now seems to be returning to that former glory as the rogue roster and i'm sure steve you're you're very excited to see that this brand is back go rogue go rogue yeah so so after that year they're they're back they're the coy's funding unfortunately dried up their their supporting organization decided to pull out now i i will say that they seem to have linked up with mad lions uh, in in much lower of a capacity since Mad is still retaining their branding, but uh, Koi does seem to be attached to that, and now this this rogue roster is back to being rogue. So, in terms of what the roster itself is going to be, they're running back Shigenda from that Koi roster in the top lane. They're keeping the Evergreen Larson in the mid lane. Uh, comps coming back in ADC, and then in the jungle they're replacing Malrang for Marcoon, and in support they're bringing in Zoelis in place of Advien. So starting off with the good points here, I think keeping Larson is important because he's had a long career. He's consistently been a pillar that holds this team up. I don't think that a whole lot more needs to be said there for me at least. And then in the jungle, Malrang I think was really good when he joined the league because he played like a total maniac and nobody really knew how to deal with him. But that's since kind of run its course. The other teams seem to have figured him out. He wasn't really quite on that level anymore. So... Removing him, I think, was the right call for this roster to move forward. 
and I am a big fan of Marcoon. While he's probably not near the top, I think he's a great pickup that's that's going to play well into what this team wants to do. And then Zoelis is someone I'm very, very excited to see because he was one of the more sought-after prospects of this offseason. He's been in the ERLs for two years, and in that short time, he's been named champion of France, rookie of the split, finals MVP, season MVP. As a support especially, I think having that many accolades to your name is pretty impressive. So a lot of teams I, I heard have expressed interest, and he ended up going with Rogue here. He should serve them well, I would hope. And although the roster overall does look pretty solid, I'm the, the thing I'm just not really sure about is they're better than any of the other teams they're competing against. So we've mentioned this so many times already that the LEC does seem to be very even in terms of general skill level. And my uncertainty with this team specifically comes from Shigenda and Comp. They're both players that have had their bright spots. Comp, of course, won the whole thing back in 2022, I believe it was, with Rogue. So so he has had high highs, but coming off this last year, these two players, Shigenda and Comp, just didn't look nearly as good as they have before. So although Larson is good, he's not really been known to be a primary carry. And if one of these two players, especially Comp, isn't able to come back to what they used to be, I'm not entirely confident in saying this roster will be able to compete for those upper spots. Yeah, my biggest point of contention for Rogue is definitely going to be Comp. I've I've watched again more so in the winter splits for last year, but I remember watching Rogue and they obviously did not have uh, a great performance uh, overall as Koi. Sagenda, it seems like from what I've seen online that some people do think he's been a, a competent laner, especially like a little bit sporadically, but he has had some good lane stats. Um, but doesn't seem like that they were really able to help convert anything he really had. Either it just wasn't maybe meaningful enough, or just the team just wasn't good enough to be able to really help him around that. Larson is the strong point of the team. I've been a Larson fan since, you know, some of those early Rogue rosters he's been on. I've liked Rogue since even when they were doing bad uh, in the LEC, so I was happy to see them do good, and I was hope I was looking forward to, uh, for them coming back into the league, and Larson's definitely going to be that kind of mainstay on the team. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him. He's right up there with, with the best and kind of that tier right below caps, that kind of like humanoid, Niski kind of tier in the, in the LEC. Comp is the guy that I'm the most concerned about just because of the the kind of roller coaster he has been on like you said with rogue winning he was arguably the best adc in europe and he was super dominant with trimby down there in the bot lane last year it was nowhere near that same kind of level throughout basically the entire season and as you said larson while he is a very strong player he's not typically the kind of guy that you associate with like being the hard carry uh, of a team and you kind of put him more into that secondary role which I do think can be fine because we've seen combat his best before but I just think right now when you're looking at the ADCs in the league especially there's a lot of ADCs that kind of fit in in that middle range when you're looking at maybe guys like Patrick and Noah maybe even an exa kick and then comp and it's like you just have a bunch of guys in this tier where it's like man like none of them have really been able to separate themselves like Patrick's been just really consistent for a long time comp had that great year and now last year wasn't exa kick it was a rookie last year but again he had ups and downs 
Uh, Noah came in super hot, and then he he mellowed out really big with Fnatic. So there's just no real clear area that you can really put in comp right now and say, like, yeah, like, I think he's like a top four, top five. He's just kind of jumbled in this mix, and it's going to be up to him to really separate himself and be a big reason as to why Rogue will establish dominance again uh, if they want to get to that point in the, in the LEC. I am excited for Zoellis, his support. I remember seeing him in games watching the LFL for K-Corp and stuff like that. And I think I was, I remember watching a Blitzcrank game of his that it, it was pretty polarizing. He had some really good hooks uh, early on in the game. And then some points later on, they, they weren't as hot. But I've heard positive sentiments uh, around him. And you mentioned all of his accolades that, that he has won so far. So definitely now knowing some of that more extra information that you were able to provide here, definitely I'm more excited for him. And hopefully that can help rejuvenate comp um and should be a good experience for him as well coming in with some stable players around him whether comp is at his top form or not you have larson who should be able to get down there and help out both of them and then marcoon who has also had his fair share of inconsistencies last year on sk kind of just checks in in that middle of, of the pack tier as a jungler as well he has his highs he definitely has his lows maybe not to the extreme of some other people that we've talked about you know like hilia saying or Karzi stuff like that but he's very much in that kind of could be really good tier but hasn't had the consistency to really solidify himself there yet so i think when you're really looking at rogue I think it still kind of fits the bill as as those other teams that we've talked about with Vitality and K-Corp. And I know I've said that, you know, it's like, man, just a lot of these teams are really hard to rank. But it's because the strengths of these teams are generally speaking, like, so different. And you just don't know how everything's going to react. Like, with Vitality, I love the mid and the ADC, but the jungle, eh, I, I don't really know how I feel about that. Uh, K Corp, I love the AD carry. Bow in theory is going to be a good jungler, but what are you going to get there? We don't know. How is Saken going to perform after being in the LFL for like three years? And then you look at Rogue, and then again, it's like I love the mid laner. Larson's great. Is Comp going to be able to perform as an AD carry and be a strong carry? Can Sagenda maybe step up into that role as kind of like an Adam, not necessarily an Adam esque type of player? There's no real kind of player like Adam in the top lane, you know, but can he be like a carry threat? in the top lane as that is his usual style of play that can maybe help supplement Larson and comp and then you don't maybe need to rely on comp as much um so there's just there's there's so much stuff that's going to be shuffled around and my hope obviously as a slight rogue fan is that that they can figure this stuff out and that I want to be able to put them in like the top four and have them having real shots and stuff like that but at, at least as of right now there's just not enough known about some some of how these players are going to perform that i feel really comfortable giving them that high of a rating it's going to be kind of somewhere in that strange middle of the pack from like three to like seven probably that's that's where they're going to end up um and yeah i, I really don't know how how else i can better describe this team it's just going to be such a roller coaster for for everyone i do hope that if there is going to be that one standout point that it will be larson um, if, if he can keep his consistency, then the team definitely has a shot to be good around him. They, they just need to make sure that he can keep that up. Yeah, agreed with a lot of that. The one thing that I will say is, although I agree that they're probably going to be high variance, I'm pretty comfortable, at least with this roster, ranking them probably in the lower half of the middle of pack, if you will. So I, I think that although they, they have the potential to be competitive, 
this roster I'm pretty confident in saying isn't going to at least win the whole thing or even challenge for top three. I think that much I can be confident on with this roster. Now, next up on the docket is going to be the final team that unfortunately wasn't able to qualify for the summer, sorry, the season finals, and that is Team Heretics. As as I mentioned, they were a team that last year had a very weak early half of the year, but then in the later half ended up doing a lot better and almost snuck their way in. So with this new year coming, they're going to be making quite a bit of changes to the roster, actually. We have Wonder in the top lane. We have Yankos in the jungle. That's That part is staying. Perks in the mid lane is new. Flacket in the AD carry role is the same. And then Kaiser is new in the support role. Now, for anybody that's been a fan of EU for at least the past four years, I'll say, this team looks pretty familiar. And that's because... It has colloquially been dubbed G3. Four of these five team members have played on the G2 org before, and now they're back. There's a reunion between Wonder Yankos and Perks, and there's a reunion between Yankos and Flacket continued. So a lot to say, I'm sure, for a lot of people in the community. But overall, this is a team that kind of has the connotation of high potential, but isn't super likely to get there because... With Wonder, with Yankos, with Perks, of course, they've made it to World's Finals before. They've won an MSI title before altogether. But they're they're kind of in the later half of their career, I think a lot of people will say, especially with Yankos and Perks. And just realistically speaking, I don't think there's too much excitement to be had just because of how long it's been. So the strong points, again, with this roster are going to be, without a doubt, Yankos and Wonder. Uh, Yankos played the first half of 2023 as one of the weakest teams in the league, and yet he was still first in jungle for kills per game. He was first in the jungle for damage percentage, first blood participation, goal difference at 15. For a team that was underperforming and near the bottom of the bracket, being able to perform that to that level, I think, is is very much a testament to how good this player is. He seems to still be evolving. Uh, despite what you might say about his age, he's kind of keeping up with the times, I'd say. Uh, and then Wonder as well. He spent uh, almost all of 2023 teamless, but he was subbed in for the last weekend of that season finals where he played a best of five against Mad Lions. They were able to win that. And then he played a best of five against G2. And th although they unfortunately lost, Surprisingly enough, he was going very much toe-to-toe -to -toe with Broken Blade, and some people will even say he beat Broken Blade in the, that 1v1 matchup. So say what you will about the, the memes of him not practicing, I think it speaks volumes about how good he really is if he can jump back into the game after so long away and still end up performing pretty well. Uh, but then my my focus in terms of whether this roster is able to succeed or not is very much going to be riding on the back of Perks and Kaiser. Uh, they both used to be pretty good. Uh, Kaiser won two titles with Mad Lions. He was a, a huge engaged player that found flanks uh, similar in playstyle to Malrang, I'd say, that uh, he'd, he'd kind of chill in a bush somewhere for like two minutes straight. You wouldn't see him coming. He'd make an engage and the team fight would be won off that. And then Perks as well, he he had very good performances in both mid and 80 carry, 
uh, throughout his career. So very much a high potential player. But in in recent years, you know, he had that stint with Cloud9 where he wasn't uh, at all that consistent. He had good points, but also very much bad points. Uh, with Vitality, when he came back to Europe, he looked even worse than that. Uh, he seemed to be a liability for the team, if anything. So at the very least, I'm hoping that when Perks and Kaiser remove the Vitality tag from their names, they're going to kind of shake it off and return at least somewhat to form, uh, which could lead to this being a powerhouse roster, but I'm just not entirely confident that they, they will be able to produce that kind of result. The biggest thing that this Heretics roster has going for it in winter that will probably help them out more than anything, I would say, is just the the synergy and the pure amount of just LEC experience that these guys have. Wonder, as you said, Wonder, Yankos, Perks, and Kaiser even have been around the LEC for a very long time. They're you know solid players in in their roles now at at best for most of them. I think Yankos is still as you were talking about, even despite his his run on that Heretics team that was pretty bad for most of the year, he still seemed like he he has it. Uh, wonder we'll see if he has it still from that little bit of of play against G two and stuff in in the in the finals. But Perks and Kaiser are definitely at least from what I've heard seem to be the most concerning on the team and the guys that you know aren't quite oh they're still going to be well respected but their their skill isn't quite up to what they have been in in their prime and in in years past now so i think when you're looking at this team i think the dynamic could be a bit interesting because you are probably going to have to put uh, a decent amount of pressure on on flacken to to carry you're you're generally not going to be seeing wonder uh, you know playing the, the carry top laners that's just not his role usually and then while perks obviously has plenty of legacy the recent performances have not been good so is he going to be kind of in that mix as a main carry or are we going to see yankos maybe kind of get into a, a carry position you know i don't i don't know exactly what the role he was filling was on heretics last year i assume it was more kind of a, a supportive role with some of the the players around him um, and not, and kind of just being like an, an older uh, veteran presence on that team. I, I believe you mentioned it with, with VTO, at least he was very much willing to, to help him out and, and facilitate him. I don't remember how it was for, uh, for winter or for spring necessarily, but maybe Yankos can kind of get back into a, a carry jungler dominant style and, and still be a very flexible and, and talented player at that, uh, in that position for them. But the biggest thing that they're going to have is just raw experience and synergy. Obviously, Wonder Yankos, Perks, Flacket have played together. They're, they, I'd assume they would get along pretty well, otherwise this wouldn't have happened. Um, so that, that, that's going to be the biggest thing for them, is that while a lot of rookies on some rosters or just a lot of players that maybe only have like a year or two of experience and maybe there's just some a lot of roster turnover on a team and they kind of have to get you know together and really mesh well, at the very least you're expecting those four players to get along and then Perks and Kaiser played together last year with Vitality. So they at least know each other. I don't know how well, you know, Wonder Yankos and, and Flacket you know get along with kaiser or whatever but that's going to be the big uh, talking point for this team is just the the old connection the the rejoining of that g2 roster in terms of gameplay it's going to be it's going to be pretty interesting because a lot of these guys you know wonder was maybe seemed to be over the hill perks is probably over the hill 
we'll see about Kaiser, I guess. Um, Flockett is the one kind of young, youthful guy that you have in here that hopefully can can be a vibrant source of, of play for this team. The, 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 the part of me that wants to give them credit is that experience, and I feel like that, that does matter, especially in the winter split, when all of these guys, like I said, are going to be trying to mesh together for the most part on other teams. So maybe they can they can sneak in there and, and put in like a, a top three, a top four, be a, a surprise uh, contender in season finals. Maybe not a surprise to some people, but to me, I'd say probably a surprise contender in, a, in a winter finals, so... It'll come down to, to that. Are guys like Perks and Wonder like really in the back end of their career, or is this going to be a bit of a rejuvenation point for them? Because this is probably going to be, and maybe I'm being a little harsh here, because again, not really following EU too much, but maybe this could be a point for some of these guys where if they don't do well here, I mean, like, are, are you going to get picked up by another team, right? Like, I know Perks has the name the name brand to him, but he has not been playing well the last at least year or so. Um, and Wonder was was teamless for a while. Kaiser, I hadn't heard great things about either. So you're you're really hoping if if you're those guys that this that this uh, experiment, I guess you could call it, works out. Yeah, I, I'd say I very much agree with that sentiment. That with the exception of probably Yankos because he's he's been on a tear recently, and then Flacked because he's new. You're right. The other three guys are going to have to show that they're still in it. Uh, Kaiser is probably the youngest of the bunch in terms of, uh, I, I think he's been around for maybe three, four years now. Uh, so compared to the others, he's still a relatively fresh face, but you know, he, he had one good year. And then since he hasn't been very good, Perks has been pretty, I, I think we can say bad, honestly, for the past three years. And then wonder, uh, when, when he was removed from Fnatic in, 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 uh, for Oskarinen to come in. He did mention on Twitter that he's not sure if he is coming back. So it's it's unclear how this team will perform for sure, but it, it could go either way is, is what I'll say at least. And I'm going to make another LCS tangent again because I remember C9 fans were saying we want Wonder for the top lane. And yes, like Wonder in theory is a really good fit for top lane because he's that kind of weak side guy. Like not probably quite as good as Impact anymore, especially now. But, you know, in, in that same Impact kind of tier of player where it's like, you know, you know what you're going to get out of them for the most part. They're relatively consistent, don't demand a lot of resources. But I would much rather have Fudge than Wonder right now. I mean, like, come on. Like, the, 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 the quality of player that Fudge is in general general as well as the ability to play a lot more carry threats in the top lane for lcs is is a huge boon so I, I, i'm sorry i just have to, I had to sneak that in there it's like uh, I, don't, I don't get it you know if, if wonder does good this year then you know maybe you can prove me wrong but at least going into the year i think that's crazy to be honest with you i'm gonna have to argue with you there that i i would pretty much pick wonder 10 times out of 10 over fudge personally speaking uh just because of what no. i've seen from the two players they they could compete, and maybe Fudge would win out some of the time, but I think Wonder would probably beat him for the most part, I'd say. I think you're wrong. And and I think you're wrong, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. Agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to agree to disagree on that one. Now, uh, up next is going to be the team that... This is going to be one of my two hot takes, big hot takes for where where I've seen public opinion lies versus where my personal opinion lies. Because as much as people are bashing this roster, they're saying that it's probably going to be near the bottom. I personally can't really figure out why. I think this roster is looking really, really good. 
So I first off, I fully agree with the decision to keep Irrelevant in the top lane and Exekick and DOS in the bot lane. Uh, Irrelevant has shown that he's anything but what his name would suggest. He very often pulls rabbits out of hats. Uh, he's finished the year with the highest number of solo kills in the top lane for Europe, which is very, very much impressive. And Exekick and DOS as well. The bot pairing was the main shining point of the squad when they were picking up wins uh, in that winter split they did really well in. Uh, they were in conversation for best bot lane in the league coming in as brand new rookies. So say what you will about the later half of the year, I think they, they have shown they're, they're very good. And given that they're, they've only been around for that one year, I'm, I'm very happy to see that the team is willing to continue investing in their development and, and see whether they can bring it back to what they, they showed that one split. Now, as for the changes... Isma in the jungle looks to be a pretty good pickup, I'd say at least. I'm not really entirely sure. Of course, I haven't seen a lot of him, but he's played for Movie Star Riders alongside the mid and bot that were picked up by the Mad Lions team. Uh, more on them later. And then that team won both spring and summer of the LVP Superliga and then went on to narrowly lose 3-2 to to K-Corp in the EMEA Masters Summer Finals. So, you know, this this is a guy that has shown he's been pretty good recently. And of course, SK will probably agree since they've picked him up. Hopefully he will be able to show that that uh, faith in him was justified. And then you have Niski replacing Sirtis in mid. And that to me is possibly one of the single biggest signings of the entire offseason. Yes, Sirtis had a good last year, uh, but good is as, as about as much as I can really say for him. That he he had good performances but never great i'd say uh you know the issues of course i had with mad but niski's value just cannot be overstated he first joined mad in summer 2022 and he turned that roster from what was a seventh place team to second in the regular season and then after playoffs they ended up in fourth uh, he earned the most player of the match votes out of any player all split coming off a hiatus there and he's almost never missed Worlds. I think there was maybe one instance where he didn't go. Uh, but his supportive play style just elevates his whole team around him. We saw that with Mad. We saw that with uh, his time in C9 in the past. This is a guy that performs very, very well. And I think that he's going to really bring this new roster together. Uh, Irrelevant can be left alone and win his lane. He's, of course, a very good weak side player. Uh, Niski can sort of play around Isma. Uh, allow him to find his footing and become a strong mid-jungle duo together. Uh, usually jungle tends to be the role that kind of leads that dynamic, but I think in this case Niski as a supportive player can take on that role to to push this dynamic together. And then the team can then use all that these resources they have and play around that occasional superstar exekick and have him be the primary carry. If he's given resources and set up to succeed, I think he definitely has the potential at the very least to do that and and allow this team to win games. So overall, I think this roster composition, uh, say what, will you, what you will about the pieces, I think the composition is very much fantastic. And although I don't see anyone else hyping them up, I'm going to take a risk and be one of their biggest hype men coming into 2024. I'm expecting very great things from them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they're solid. I think that I do agree with you with the, in terms of like a composition of a roster, it's probably not bad. I feel like you might, you would ideally, right, you'd probably rather have someone better than Exekick in AD carry, but I, I like him. I really liked uh, the little bit that I saw of him when I was watching Winter Split. Um, and then again, based off of just what I saw, I, I really don't like DOS uh, that much. Again, that might just be just from lack of watching things and stuff, but from what I've, the little bits that I pick up on stuff from social media and whatnot, and from watching the little bits that I did, I, I just, I don't really see it too much for DOS. I remember watching him, not, judging him a little bit for the past, but when he was in LEC, LCS in the past, wasn't really a fan, and I still don't see a ton of big steps, although I, I do give the, the credit for the winter split, because that was especially at the early goings. They were very, uh, very dominant uh, playing together. So there is something there, maybe, but I'm just not really a big DOS fan. And then I think the biggest thing does come with the mid-jungle dynamic, where, as you were saying, I feel like Niski is going to kind of end up being the guy who really is able to help enable Isma. I've heard good stuff about him, positive sentiments coming out of Movie Star Writers. And I think the big thing is going to be that it seems like people think that he's already solid and that playing with a guy like Niski is going to be able to hopefully elevate him to uh, a greater tier than what he might be on either on his own or just with, you know, a mid laner that's not as selfless, I guess, as, as Niski is. And that's obviously one of the, the great strengths of Niski. And it'd be very cool to have seen someone like Bo with Niski because imagine that that combination of those two guys running around in sync and, and dom hopefully dominating the map. That'd be super cool to see one day. Uh, but I think Isma's going to be in a good position to succeed with having someone like Niski there to guide him and, and help facilitate what he wants to do around the map if he has that kind of dominant personality. Which, from watching the Superliga games, I'll get into them more with Mad Lions, as you mentioned too, but the Superliga games, watching the playoffs especially with them, were just crazy hectic. Super, super bloody kill-per-minute games, kill like, you know, just wild stuff. Um, so that should be fun to see him come in and, and work in with this team. I don't have too much opinions on Irrelevant. I remember I was a bit low on him last year, and I think you were you were, you were a decent bit higher, uh, at least compared to me on him last year. Uh, seems like the sentiments on that are basically still the same for both of us. He seemed, again, just looking at stats and some stuff, a couple games, kind of average, but small sample size for me. He very well could be doing stuff that I'm just not seeing uh, from watching now, and hopefully I'll be able to see that going into this year. So... I don't, I don't hate SK at all. I think that, again, I love Niski, a really good player uh, for the mid lane, especially his his style is very, very selfless, and that's one of the really great things about him is how unique he is, and he still is able to be really dominant in that style, and, and especially on a team like Mad, where they're so boomer bust, he still was able to provide some sort of relative consistency, in my opinion, for the most part, um, especially with a guy like Alyoya, too. Like, even that was a great... Uh, mid-jungle pairing with Alyoya and how and how fast-paced that he is generally speaking so there is some so there's some good potential for this team uh, I think that again not a big DOS guy uh, and there's going to be some pressure on Exekick to be the main carry on this team regardless of what you would like to think you know about like we've talked about before someone like Sagenda and we'll get into with Adam at some point too it's just, it's harder for, like, top laners and junglers to, like, really, like, hard carry a game. Jungler, it's easier because you can facilitate around the map and you can rack up a lot of assists and get your laners going. Um, but, like, for top lane, it's just, it's just not that easy, especially in pro play. And then jungle, even if you kind of hard carry and jungle through facilitating, 
you're generally not going to be like the hard carry like getting a lot of the most gold and most kills and stuff like that in certain spots yeah that'll happen but you really kind of got to focus on that a lot more than adc so there is going to be some i think some significant pressure on exa kick if this team does do well uh for him to be really consistent but i do think he's up for the task like i said i like him uh, personally as, as an adc so I think that this is an SK team that will probably, hopefully, at the very least, be hovering in that upper middle tier. Um, and there is still room to improve. I think at the very least, you can probably find a better support than DOS uh, if things go badly to, to some extent. And then the rest of the team, I think, at least for the most part, is going to be solid at, at worst. So they'll be interesting for sure. Uh, I definitely haven't seen a lot of hype about them either. And it definitely seems like that they could be flying under the radar a little bit, but there is going to be some good pressure on exit kick, I think. I'm going to throw in a bit of a side tangent here because you got me theory crafting at this point. And I think uh, Isma is a rookie, so it makes sense that SK probably saw something in him that I didn't seeing as I, I haven't seen Isma play before. Uh, but but I do think that that bow combination with Niski would be very much fun to watch. And this is something I didn't know I needed, but now I do. Um, and then in terms of support, I, I will say that Doss is probably the weakest member of this roster. Uh, I, I kind of lump him in with Exekick as a duo because they came up from the ERLs together and now they've played an SK a year together. So I, I kind of see them as a unit more than I would uh, maybe some of the other bot lanes. But, you know, Trimby is on the market and he's a, a very good support. So if it doesn't work out with SK here... Uh, maybe they, they end up dropping DOS and bring in Trimby, which I think would be a, a very good move. Yeah, the fact that Trimby's teamless is, was crazy to me. I was, I was looking through all the rosters and stuff, getting my notes down. I knew I remember that Fnatic booted him off, but I couldn't believe that no other of the, the nine teams picked him up. That's wild. Yeah, and, and this was a, a mention on Sheep Esports, uh, if you were following them, uh, that the support role was probably the most contested role uh, in the LEC this offseason, that there was a pool of something like, I don't know, 15 players fighting for the 10 slots. So although it's very much unfortunate and, in my opinion, even criminal that Trimby's teamless, uh, uh, hopefully we'll see him back in soon because I've been very much high on him as a player. Yeah, I, I think Trimby's definitely someone that you can bring into this roster. And yeah, like, like don't get me wrong. It's, it's not like Trimby had a great year last year either, right? Like, there is obviously some reasoning as to why he isn't on a team. It was not one of Trimby's brightest years last year. But I still think if you plug him into this roster, like, that's such, like... And again, maybe I'm over-exaggerating. I, I think it's such a massive upgrade, in my opinion, to bring him in because like obviously the name recognition is nice you see Trimby down there and you kind of instantly feel better about it but he he is such a fun support to watch play like he is so like flexible in terms of what he wants to play and he kind of just really when you listen to him talk it seems like he really kind of gets it and he knows what he wants to do and he's very open to playing a bunch of different champions in different styles you add that in with someone like Niski to help facilitate around the map for Isma and Exekick to carry I think that would be super fun uh to, to see him back in there so hopefully that actually happens too yeah to Doss's detriment I guess but I, I agree that that would be a cool roster hey you know someone's got to go you know like I, 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 I rate Trimby higher than Doss, obviously as a fan and as just someone creating content, it's easy to say that. 
uh, from the outside and not knowing how like a team dynamic would work. Maybe Doss is a really great fit for a team dynamic, uh, even if he's not like maybe the the best player uh, in terms of like you know being in the upper echelon of support. But that that's just you know obviously coming from an outside perspective. We don't know what it's actually like in SK gaming. All right, well, there you have it. That has been the first five teams of this 10-league uh, LEC lineup. Thanks, as always, to all of you for sticking around to the end and continuing to support us here on the Western Focus podcast. You know the drill. Make sure to drop us a follow here on Spotify. You don't want to miss the coming episode where we do the remaining five rosters. Some good stuff coming there. Uh, as well as our power rankings after that, and then we'll be jumping into the 2024 season. Also, be sure to drop us a follow on Twitter. That's at NoRival underscore esports for all other Banger esports content. And stay tuned. We'll be back very, very soon. <laughs>